Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, world. It's Vocalo Radio 91.1 FM, Chicago's only NPR music station. I'm your host, Biko. The illest coming through your stereo, rocking out your afternoon throughout this Windy City hour. I'm playing all Chicago artists only. But most importantly, I told you all, I said, if you're looking for a holiday spirit to pour in your cup, I got a very special guest in the building with me to let you know about that holiday spirit you should be interested in. He goes by the name of Dewey Mo. Oh, Mo. Ah, help me out, Dewey Mo. Help me out. Help me out. <laughs> Umolu. 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 Yes, sir. Yes, Founder sir. of uh, John Bazile. I actually had the chance to try out the tequila as well. And brother, first and foremost, let me give you, let, let me let you know how I got introduced to John Bazile. My good homies over at Icon, yeah. the collection. You see, oh, I'm rocking man. a hat. Shout out Icon. Yeah, you Absolutely. see, you see, I'm rocking a hat, right? Yes, sir. Icon move. They came through. It, that's exactly who it was. <laughs> Icon move came through, um, and he had a, a bottle of, of of John Bazile. And I'm like, what is what is this? He say you you've never had this before, man. This is black owned. It's good tequila. You gotta try it. And you know what I did? I grabbed a cup, I poured up, and man, I'm so happy to finally man. be with you today man. my brother Rico, thank you for having me bro shout out icon man he was he was helping us out with the merch when we first launched like five years ago so wow yeah man he's been a part of the journey as well so i appreciate you word of mouth is everything that's mm -hmm. how it that's how it spreads that's really that's how our stories get told so again kudos to you with what you're doing and thank you for having us no that's problem great. dewey dewey mo umolu yes, gotta make sure i say it right yes, you feel sir. me and you know you have ghanaian roots as well mm -hmm. i do as well can you break down before we even jump into John Bazile, like uh, where your roots is from out in um, out in Africa? Yeah, so I'm half Ghanaian, half Nigerian. My dad is from Nigeria. He's from Edo State, so that's over on the east. And then my mom's from Ghana. She was raised in London, but her her father lived in Ghana for the latter half of his life. So I got an opportunity to really go out there and live with him when I was younger for a few years. That was crazy, crazy experience. But ultimately, I feel like that lifestyle mm -hmm. kind of helped shape me jumping into the entrepreneurial journey. So very, very heavily um, appreciative of my roots. I know that's right. I mean, you said it was a crazy time for you. Uh, I mean, what what was crazy about the transition from, I'm guessing, here yeah. to uh, Ghana? Bro, so when was the last time you was in Ghana? Last the, My last and first time. First and last. That was your first and last time. Okay. At, at Black Star Lion Festival, Man. and it touched my soul. Shout out my brothers, Black Star Lion yes, Festival. It, and you were also part of Black Star Lion yeah, Festival. Yeah, definitely with uh, some really, really good friends. Um, of course, Chance the Rapper, Vic Mensa, who was really um, a spearhead behind that, Michael Brontier, uh, Denisha Kulor, amazing individuals who all kind of came together, and we saw a void where, you know, a lot of the artists that we have grown up listening to mm -hmm. don't really get the chance to have that FaceTime and connect with their fans in a real way in Africa, right? It's always kind of been, um, it's always kind of been skipped as part of like tour routes and skipped when you're planning real shows. So we wanted to start building that connection back ultimately, um, giving our brothers and sisters across the diaspora a chance to connect with ourselves in a true and authentic way. And that was the first Time. So it was crazy that you were there. Historical moment. Yeah. Fifty thousand people, Black Ooh. Star Squares, history right there. You, you had to have been there to feel Yo, it. it was, you know? 
my God. <laughs> so I'm in a photo pit taking photos, and there was some a young lady behind me screaming. Um, I think Vic was on stage at the time, and she was Southside. <laughs> I turn around, I say, wait, Southside, where you from? She what? Chicago, Southside. I flew out here for this. Bruh. So it was amazing seeing you all bring so many different people together. I was also talking to some of the attendees, and they said that they don't really experience things like that. So y'all brought that diaspora together, my Man. brother. That's bridge for real. It was it was crazy. That was probably one of the most transformative experiences for me because, you know, I get to be. I have I have friends who went who I went to school with in Ghana. It was different back when I was in school, right? Like now, a lot of the roads are paved. I'm talking about back then. We didn't have paved dirt roads. roads. It was, it was dirt, dirt roads. roads. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, we used to have light off every night. It was it was it felt like it was coming light off all the time. So it was all these. This is almost 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it was a culture shock, man. Like to come from Chicago, mm -hmm. I was probably about seven, eight when I first went to Ghana at that time. And I stayed there until I was about 12. Okay. Right. So that culture shock was crazy. Then coming back here for high school and just seeing like the differences in the way we live as people, but also the similarities, man, it changed everything for me. I feel like everybody kind of has to have that opportunity so now we try to take students from here with the academy group um a good mentor of mine shane evans he has a program in chicago called the academy group okay and we take students like seniors and uh juniors in high school we take them out to accra for like a 10-day innovation trip and it's it's wow, in it's, it's amazing it's called the starline youth program so we're trying to just kind of shape that build that bridge back man and and, and help perspective and narratives and worlds kind of expand and understand how how it feels and looks to be black in a lot of different environments right back on the continent as opposed to here that's what's gonna like drive that curiosity and start the creativity ultimately to start solving some of the problems so i love it man yeah. to those listening in man it's vocal radio 91.1 fm chicago's only npr music station i'm your host biko alongside my guest Dewey mo umolu we're talking about John Bazil, but right now we're just getting into the roots because <laughs> you know he um he, he he's from he's from Ghana, yeah, Chicago base Chicago, from Chicago, Ghana Chicago, but also Ghana, uh, Ghana base. Uh, and I was asking you, you know, like how has you transitioning to Ghana? Yeah. How has that influenced your entrepreneurial ways? I would say, man, in so many different ways, because I think ultimately you start to realize that we're all storytellers, right? But the stories have kind of been lost and business is storytelling like I, that was like the approach and that was my hypothesis kind of going into anything um, when i decided to build a spirits brand and in, in particular i wanted the spirit of the brand to have a story that was true and authentic to us right and the opportunities that we have me being able to be born and raised in chicago as opposed to a cousin of mine who's in the village, right? It's, it's completely different, but those stories ultimately shape everything. So I think just that experience in connecting with my roots in a true intimate way, it gave me the authenticity I needed to start telling my story in a true way. And that's the brand story. That's how I do business. It's how we connect with folks. It's it's what we it's what our brand represents and um, it shapes everything. I love you just said 
business is storytelling. That's it. Yo, that that's, that's deep. That's <laughs> it. That's deep. Oh man, y'all don't go nowhere, man. We finna have a good conversation again. If you're looking for a spirit to put in your cup for this holiday, <laughs> we got you covered. It's Vocalo Radio 91.1 FM, Chicago's Urban Alternative. I'm your host, Biko. Got a very special, 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 special guest in the building with me, Duimo Omolu. Duimo Omolu. Um, and earlier, we were talking about, you know, your roots. We were talking about uh, how, you know, Ghana has helped, with, just in general, you going to Africa, how it helped influence you into uh, your entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial ways. Um, and now we just got to get into this spirit, man, because I got it here, right? I know y'all can't see it, but y'all can hear. Listen, <laughs> this bottle, first and foremost, is amazing. Um, the shape of things, it, it's very like modern slash innovative. How long did it even take you all to to design a bottle before we even get into the process of the tequila what was the process behind man. this this bottle <laughs> man bro so it's it's i appreciate you saying that firstly because you're probably one of the first people to see this exact bottle this is like our new bottle this is the first shipment we just put into this bot this bottle this is our glass now so if you see the little jb emboss on the bottom now no one else can use this. When we first started, we had to use a stock glass. Okay. Right. So I, it was we really kind of built it based off of what we could do. Work with what you have at the time. And when I was starting, no one was using that stock glass yet. But now it started to like a lot of folks have started to kind of buy into that glass in particular. So believe it or not, glass just getting the bottle has been a huge issue in the supply chain over the last couple of years so you know luckily our demand has always been high but getting the supply in order has been tough but i'm very very detail and design oriented like that's always my focus so, so when i was so you so you pretty much you this is like your personal oh man design. it took it took we probably went through just to get this new glass we probably went through about four different samples each sample takes at least six months whoa so this was whoa. like a two-year process whoa and i'm still not completely happy with it there's still things that i'm i'm upset about but <laughs> like whoa. they say perfection is is the enemy of good so i had to just bite the bullet and kind of keep it going i don't and, see any imperfections <laughs> like what is there's a little things, but I'm gonna I, let you keep that to yourself. Because <laughs> this love, is beautiful. It's, man, I appreciate you, man. I'm really excited about this this glass, this bottle. We made it with, uh, you know, a lot of our our homies who were in the in the space, who are in the bars and the restaurants. I kind of took their experience into example into a focus with this, so it makes it a little bit easier on the pour. Mm -hmm. You could fit a pour sprout in there, which you couldn't on the first version. You could do the bartender pour with this version. So it's it's a lot more uh, user-friendly, this glass. So I'm definitely really excited about it, but we still wanted to keep the design modern and fresh and make it pop off the shelf. Um, and, you know, I'm lucky, I'm lucky to be surrounded by amazing designers and artists. Um, Nico Washington, who's my brother for life, he's been a huge part of this process from 
I think nine years ago when I told him I was about to get started till now. Um, so yeah, we you know we got we got a chance to really just trial and error before we finally get get it to a point. And this is why I always say business is art and business is storytelling because design is important. Mm-hmm. How something makes you feel when you look at it is extremely important. And I think people will miss that when they're starting businesses. They kind of rush through that process, but it's as the presentation is as important yes, as is. your acumen. Um, so yeah, man, I, I, I took the time on. We took time on it. Happy so tenth I, year anniversary, by the way. You said <laughs> nine years ago. I'm just gonna add another year on it. Even I just the process you, of you breaking down the, just putting together the bottle and in, in general, mm-hmm. like learning. It, it even took two years to get to this specific bottle. That's yeah, that's crazy. I mean, let's talk about the process of the tequila. I mean, can you tell sure. us? More about the unique aspects of uh, John Bazil tequila and, you know, what set it apart from other tequila companies in the industry? Yeah, 100%. So when we were getting into the space, tequila hadn't hit the the boom. We were the first multicultural millennial owned and operated brand at the time, completely independently. Um, so we, we really got to design a profile that hadn't been explored before. And our profile in particular... You know, I was making it for the community that I was around. It was like, okay, what do me and the homies want to drink? And and why is why is it? Because tequila's just been a huge, it's been our drink of choice. So I was like, what is missing from from what what I love? And um, the Blanco, when we started, I wanted to make sure that we had a product that was smooth but still held the the weight of a tequila, right? So it has the the citrus notes, we kind of blended our agave plants. So we have agave from the highlands, we have agave from the lowlands, we blend that. So you start to get a lot of that earth um, vegetation to- notes in there, but you still get the citrus notes of grapefruit and, and lime. Um, but it's smooth, man, it's smooth. So a lot of folks, you know, when we getting started, people people drink tequila, they think it's, they think it's, it's harsh. They think they're about to have a crazy night. But it's really a, a spirit that you need to sip, man, because it takes about seven to eight years for these agave plants to grow. Mm-hmm. So just the distillation process in itself, again, I always go back to that. That's art, right? It's, it's art in the way that it's created. So it's something that you should sip. In Mexico, we never, like when I was first learning. So you were actually going back and forth to. Oh, yeah, man. Still, still, still going back and forth. Um but when I first went out there, I still had the, I still had the college mentality. I was 22 or 23 when we first went out. Me and my my business partner, uh, Bilal Tahir, we went out for the first time in like 2015, and uh, we still were shooting it kind of quick. And they were like, "Yo, yo, yo, slow down!" <laughs> like, do you know how long it took just to make that shot that you just threw back? No, you got to appreciate it. You really should smell the aroma in it, like taste it. It's like wine tasting. like wine tasting. So that's the approach we wanted to bring with the Blanco. And that's why, um, you know, if you sip it and you, you drink it how it's supposed to, it's smooth, man, and it's complex. Then with the Reposado, it's a whole different process. You age it. So I used to work for, um, you know, a lot of the Brown Foreman family of brands and, um through that, I kind of developed uh, affinity for whiskey as well. 
Um, so I, I was like, it would be really interesting to see what a tequila aged in oak whiskey barrels will kind of become. And that's what we got with the Reposado. So you, you still have those dark ombre notes. You still have the amazing notes of agave and citrus, but it now has, uh, it's taken on like a profile similar to a bourbon. So you get like these vanilla hints, you get these caramel hints. And look. It's its own expression. <laughs> you got my mouth watering the way you're breaking it down. Man, it's it's a it's a good product, man. It's smooth. I'm I'm definitely very happy and excited because Añejo's loading up too. Yeah, ooh, that's, that's another beast. It's a monster, man. So so that's coming in the works. It's coming in the works. And, and what a, I mean, what about a whiskey? Because I know you said you like a, like a little whiskey too. Could we see some whiskey under uh, the John Basile brand? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Man, not under John Basile. I think John Basile is, is is it was made specifically for a feeling that that we was trying to evoke, and that feeling can only come from agave-based spirits. Like it's a stimulant, right? Tequila is a stimulant as opposed to um, any other spirit, which is a depressant. Um, you know, agave is like easier for your body to process than all these other starches and the sugar that you get from those. So. Um, I think John Basile specifically got to be agave based, but there's there's over 300 agave based spirits. So there's agave growing in Ghana right now. I, people I've, don't know I, that. I've heard. So yeah, so it can't be called tequila, but it it's still an agave based spirit. So I would say John Basile specifically is gonna be agave. We got we got some things loading in, in that sector. Oh, man. It's Vocalo Radio 91.1 FM, Chicago's only NPR music station. I'm live in the building with Duimo Omolu, and we're talking about John Bazile. And before I get into this break, uh, Duimo, I got to ask you, man, as a black millennial founder, right, what challenges did you face while even establishing your company, and how did you overcome things? Yeah, man, I think... uh... (laughs) We had to get creative because I think when we first started, the first thing we had to overcome was just perception. Like people had to understand that it was real, right? Like it was, we were building a real company. So when we're going into these boardrooms and when we're having these meetings and um, it's a lot of different folks that you have to convince in order to get a product such as this. Uh, tequila at the time was being regulated pretty heavily by the CRT, which is a government entity in Mexico, in order for them to even stamp what you make and call it, for you to be able to call it tequila, there's a huge, you know, list of things that you got to get through. So that then to be doing business on this side, right, when you're trying to figure out, okay, who's my distribution partner is going to be, who mm-hmm. who the retailer is going to be, it's, it's First, they got to make sure that you're the person they're even supposed to be talking to. Because when I first went to Mexico and when I first started going into these meetings, most people were under the pretense that I was working for a company. So they're like, who, like, okay, who do I need to talk to? Because who who are you working on behalf of? Because they couldn't believe that a 22, 23-year-old black dude is... (laughs) It was like, what's going on, man? My business partner's Palestinian as well. So it's like, yo, what's going on, man? We're, we out here trying to figure this out, and there's no way. Like, this black dude is not is not the CEO of, of no tequila company, first and foremost. So what you talking about, bro? So that was the hardest part. 
But yeah. um, I think I, I love that we were the first multicultural millennial on the operator brand because it allowed me to get creative. And I think the spirits industry in itself is such an old school industry controlled by most of your favorite brands are all owned by the same five companies, right? Do you so, know some of the five off top? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, they, they everywhere. They're the Giants, right? They're the Diageos. They're the Brown Formans. They're the Bacardis, right? They're the Pinot Ricards, right? They're, they're the, and they own most of the spirits that you're, that you're um, familiar with who don't need no more promo. So, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's why I said so. Right, <laughs> right. So, so when I'm going up against these giants, um, I gotta get elusive. I gotta get creative with how we connecting to people. Like it, it's like there's already 150 brands on the shelf. So when they see your brand, what's gonna make it stand out, and what's gonna make someone feel connected to it enough to pull it off the shelf? That's man. That's that takes a lot of work, bro. That is not easy. A lot of people just kind of want to have a, a finished product and say, man, we did this. And then, yo, you got to get it off the shelf as much as you got to get it on, on the, the shelf, shelf, right? Yeah. So um, I think those were the hard parts, but we, we were able to kind of find new ways to do things. Mm -hmm. I really leaned heavily into the storytelling aspect of what we were doing and even how you discovered it. That story starts to travel if it's true, right? And if it's real, Um but yeah, man, I, I always say there's oppor it's opportunities. Being like being the minority in the space, the minority in whichever room that you're in, that's an opportunity. And and you can kind of look at it as either a hindrance or you can be like, man, they never met <laughs> they never met me before, right? Or they never met no one like me before. So what they think is not possible is is it's gonna let's try it. Let me try it out. It's you know? possible. It's possible. It's right? possible, my brother. So I think that was the that was the mindset that that I had to kind of approach it with in order to stay positive about it. Cause it's it's so much. It'll beat you up, man. If you I bet. if you lean into every no, the amount of no's and the amount of like how many right, years kid. of no's? Matter of fact, so before we tap into this break, mm -hmm. how many times? Or I'm gonna just say. What if you specifically remember mm -hmm. when was a time where you almost gave up because of how many no's you were receiving <laughs> and how many people just looked at you crazy for the idea of what you had? Yeah. Like, do you remember for sure that uh, time we failed before we launched? So I would say, like, there was a moment where we were either gonna have to quit or restart. It took four years to launch, right? So we we. The first time we got the product in stores was the end of 2018, so that's our five-year mark. But I've been working on this since the end of 2014 going into 2015, right? As soon as I graduated, I was already working on on the product. So four four years, it's almost like a full college career yeah, to, get, to get the product to where it is now. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. Y'all don't go nowhere. I got more conversation coming up after this music break. It's 91.1 FM, Chicago's only NPR music station. I'm your host, Biko. The ill is coming through your stereo, man. I, I know y'all been enjoying things. I know I have. Been having some really great conversation with Dewey Mo about John Bazile. He's still in the building, by the way. And uh, earlier, if you missed the conversation, we talked about 
you know, him being a black millennial founder and like some of the challenges he faced establishing this company and how he overcame things. We talked a little bit about like his background and his influence. You know, he has a uh, Ghanaian roots. Talked a little bit about Black Star Live Festival, which I got to experience, uh, which you are also a part of. And, you know, as we get close to wrapping things up, man, I, I got to chime in and let's talk about like what impact are you looking to make in the spirits industry? You know, particularly when it comes to representation and inclusivity. Yeah, 100 percent. I think it, uh, you know, it for me, always like going into the industry, because I always say that, um, you know, I'm kind of starting with spirits, but it's really about the lifestyle that the spirit represents and the stories that it's trying to tell. So I think in the later half, like when I'm when I'm when I finally look back, I'm, I hope it's bigger than just um, the spirits industry. I want it to be about entrepreneurs, about risk takers, you know, the, the, the folks who are just going to do and dream. Um, that's why we always say dream bigger and keep dreaming forward is, is what we're about. Um, I'm hoping it can kind of just be a little reminder to folks along the journey that, yo, we see you, we toasting to you, we're here with you, and we're all kind of building collectively. That's what, um, that's what I hope to impact. What do you feel uh, gets you to that level, my brother? Man, we got a long way to go, bro. We got... It's, it's a journey and I always say that like you gotta fall in love with the journey there's a there's a message in the bottle actually like if you read around the neck of the bottle it's kind of it represents like those first four years trying to when we was actually trying to launch and then I had to restart rebuild took major L's um, and we we just kind of took what we learned from that process and put it into our next rodeo right so it's a journey, and I think I have to remember that sometimes. So December 21st is officially our five-year anniversary. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and it's like looking back on those five years, I think every single day and moment was leading up to what it is. So I know to get to that next level, it's just going to take more consistent work. It's going to take being steady with the approach that you're trying to do being consistent showing up every day um and then ultimately when we finally look back i hope the brand and the way the brand shows up and the way the brand is in multiple different um spaces and industries and the the cultural partnerships that we've we've been a part of and the impactful moments that we've been a part of and help facilitate I think like the the journey and the track record, hopefully will that'll be the impact and that'll be the moment. I, I want to know, too, you know, like, is there any other future goals you have in mind for John Bazile or maybe a, a branch off? Yeah. Man, so product it's, it's so much, man. It's so much. I'm one of those entrepreneurs who have a bunch of ideas and I'll be having to focus. Oh, 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 <laughs> I just got to focus and, and make the first one work. Um, but for John Basile specifically, um, there's a lot of dope partnerships that we're about to about to embark on. Um, we got Añejo coming very, very soon, which I'm excited for. After Añejo, we got something else loading Can you up. say that one more time? Because I know a lot of uh, our people be saying Añejo. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say it for one more time? Añejo. Thank Añejo. you. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's loading, and that profile is crazy, man. I'm ex- that's the first. I'll say that's the first goal. Let's get Añejo out. We are expanding too, so we just expanded to New York, LA, Miami. We'll be in Atlanta soon, DC. Um, but again, that's a process. So man, it's all, that, in, all the, in the journey. The process is working out, my brother. Expanded from Chicago to I think you just named five different other cities. <laughs> Sheesh. I know that's work in itself, and yeah, like you said, a process. Because even getting the distribute, getting people to buy into the product, to mm-hmm. be able to put it on their shelf so people can buy the product. I know that's a process within itself. And for you to even expand in more cities outside of Chicago, congrats, my brother. Keep Thank doing what you're doing. Um, I want to also tap into incentives. Mm-hmm. Is there any like? Uh, I'm sorry, initiatives mm-hmm. that you all are working on behind the scenes. I know you mentioned something earlier about how a homie of yours, you all take uh, students out to Ghana. Yep. Uh, is there any other initiatives that you're part of? 100%. I'm excited going into uh, this next year. We really about to start focusing on our black and brown entrepreneurs in the city, man, um, and, and really building some, some, some programming and hopefully getting some resources to really start empowering some of them. Um, and that's what it's always been about. So those are the initiatives that are are coming soon. Uh, that's going to be called Think, Innovate, Create, and uh, we're gonna help. We're gonna help spark what makes people tick, and, and we're gonna we're gonna really start empowering some of our our youth around the city. Um, so yeah, man, that's that's coming soon. Love it. Say that you said Think, Innovate, Create. <laughs> yes, sir. I knew. I'm like I, I know it's an initiative out there. Like I just <laughs> I felt it because I'm you give me that feeling like you're you're for helping. The community uh and you're for helping people I, I get that vibe from you so yeah, i mean and, it, it, and if for those interested in the holiday spirit you know john bazil is located at uh what destination yeah we in about 600 locations uh most of the bennies um but tell most of the mom and pop shops but tell any of your local um spirit stores that you need it uh, we're in a lot of on-premise but you can find our locations at john tequila.com or um, you can tap in with the brand at, at John Basile Tequila on all platforms. And John is J-O-N Basile, B-A-S-I-L. Yes, sir. This conversation will also be featured on the site so you can get a good look at these beautiful bottles. Yeah. But definitely head over to the site so you can see uh, much more in detail and, and grab your bottle, man. This is, oh, thank, oh my God. You know, I'm going to take a shot off air. <laughs> I don't I want to get too wild over Let's do it. <laughs> uh, lastly, how did you come up with this name, John Bazile? Yeah. Man, that's a great question. So I feel like that's some that's a perfect last question. John is my uh grandfather's name. And Basile is the name of the person who made it possible for my dad to come to school in the States. So in our culture, um, you name your oldest son after your father. So off default, you know, my oldest brother was gonna be named John, but Basile was so prominent in his life, he combined those two names and, and named him John Basile. So, you know, my dad, um, him being so integral in my life and, and my process of, of learning and, and studying, it was like, man, that was the opportunity and that risk that you all took being the first in your family to come and start fresh, right, and just figure it out. That gave me the opportunity to be born and raised in Chicago, which ultimately is taking me on the journey that I'm on. So it was really important for us when when making a spirit to understand like, yo, we're toasting to the folks that came before us, that sacrificed, 
to put us in this moment so we could appreciate this moment, but we also got to realize that, yo, there's folks coming after us. So how are we going to use this moment to help make sure that the next generation can walk around and say, man, my grandfather or my grandmother or, you know, my pops, my, my mom, my OGs, they did X, Y, Z, and now I can. So how can we take it further? That's what it's about. And um, that's why we called it John Basile. That was deep. <laughs> that was that was definitely that was the perfect last question. <laughs> wow. Uh Chicago, y'all know what to do. Uh how can they follow you, my brother? Man, you can find me at Finding Duimo. Um, you know, I always say I am a little tough to find sometimes. I just be <laughs> I move too quick, but finding Duimo, Duimo is D U I M O H. So that's finding underscore Duimo, but I'm also very active on uh, the brand pages. So at John Basile, that's where I'm at. And uh, looking forward to tapping in, man.